This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles, on the Rockstar Radio Network. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd on the Rockstar Radio Network. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Oh, well, top of the day to everybody. I We have just come off of an amazing, amazing event just a week ago called the Author You Extravaganza, where we had 150 people attending over three days, jam-packed, and it is the first time ever in my life of attending conferences in over a 40-year period, it seems to be at this point, that the top-rated speaker, who was superb, the food actually ranked as high as my top-rated speaker, if you can imagine that. And that it was everyone is jazzed and ready to go for the, um, the whole uh, scenario of what we're going to be doing here in the next year. So we had people coming from five countries, from England to Australia to Canada to Mexico and, of course, the United States. We had... Uh, people from uh, attendees from 15 different states. So it was a terrific event, and you should be there next year. The dates are going to be May 3rd to 5. We have all, we got most of our speakers put together, and it'll be a great deep dive down workshop format the entire conference. So put that on your calendars the 3rd through the 5th of May next year right here in the Mile High City of Denver. Well, today's show, we've got a special guest. Susan Daffron has got, she is a woman of a mega hats. Um, certainly an expert in the entire publishing field. She's also all involved with animals, with animal rescue, which is another one of her many areas that she works in. She uh, does a self-publisher's online conference. She has self-publishing author training. Uh, she can be known as the book consultant. She has a company called Log- Logical Expressions Books. Uh, and she just runs and has her fingers up to her eyeballs in a lot of things, which actually connects with me because I do too. So, Susan, welcome to the program. Thanks. It's great to be here. Well, let's let's just jump into some of these things that are going on. You've just finished the self the your your conference. Tell us a little bit about what you were doing there. Well, the Self Publishers Online Conference is actually a virtual conference, so we didn't get to, uh, people didn't rate the food because they ate their own food. But, uh, yeah, um, they ate at the desk, ate at the yeah, desk. Yeah, they, they ate at their desk, I guess. I don't know. But we had people from multiple countries, and uh, it was great. We had 16 speakers over three days, well, three days. We had live Q&A calls, and we have a discussion board, so people are actually able to interact during the conference, which is really, really cool, it helps actually drive the the direction of some of the speakers because I'm looking at what people are asking on the discussion board, and if anybody's confused, then they, you know, I can sort of guide the speaker to say, well, what did you mean by that? So actually, people love it, and it was it was a lot of fun. Um, as you well know, conferences are a lot of work, so. Um, 
I'm happy to enjoy the rest of my summer. <laughs> mm-hmm. They are a uh, lot of work. The speakers were fantastic, and uh, they all seemed to have a good time, and, and uh, the attendees had a, had a wonderful time, too. If there was one, one topic that seemed to be the one that rattled everyone's cage, what would that have been? Um, well, we have a wide range of, of attendees. We have everyone from people just getting started and trying to get their books done to people who are working on marketing and promoting their books. Um, so, but there's a tremendous, a huge amount of confusion about ebooks and how even to get started and which format should you go in? Should you go in print? Should you go into uh, Kindle only? And, and, and what kept coming up over and over was that mm-hmm. It really depends on your book, your goals, and your budget. So uh, it, a lot of the a lot of the speakers were reiterating that you need to know you have to start with the end in mind. What do you want to do, and how are you going to get there? And who's going to read the book? I mean, that's always a huge question. People really that should be your first question. Who's going to read the book? Who can? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think you and I have had this conversation, but it's important. We, we, we have. We have. In fact, I have a new client in Hawaii I'm working with, and that was one of the first questions I've asked her. And, and, and besides how much commitment are you going to put into this, how much time, how much energy, how much money? And by the time we were done, 45 minutes later, we really had a whole game plan of where she was going with the book, and which helps. Um, but it's those those questions, and you know your response of it depends is always going to be when people say from how do we work with you? Well, it depends. Yeah. Or, or how how should I print or how should I publish my book? It depends. Um, and how how do I market it? It depends. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's literally all of those things that go into play. But uh, and I and I will also confess I just got through doing a, a, a state conference on book judging. And they gave the option to the author on how to submit the book. Did they want to do it in a PDF, an ebook, or a the print format? And um, some of these books did not lend themselves to being read on a PDF mm-hmm. or in an e e area. And I, when I was talking to the principals of it, and I said, "You asked the wrong person. You need to ask the judges how they want to receive the books." Uh, because my eyeballs felt like they were going to fall out after reading <laughs> hours and hours on the computer, which I said I would never do again in that format. Yeah, that would you know, be hard. I think well, my eyeballs would have been right there, too. That yeah, would be and, rough. and I actually, you know, I will tell you, Susan, I dinged them down. I mean, there was such a huge difference in having a book that I could leisurely look at and kind of uh, not salivate over. Well, one of them I did. But the um, to actually be able to look at and try to follow what the author's doing going back and forth, it's a very different visual experience. And if the book is designed to be visually enjoyed with all the tactile factors, you've got to deliver the book that way. That's true. It's so, really true. All right. Well, let's jump into some of these things. And um, let's. why don't we just start on what your story is. How, how did you get into publishing? I mean, you're, you do have publishing, publishing, and then you have your critters that you're involved in, and you write about your critters. But how did you get started in publishing? 
Well, I think like a lot of people, and I know you have a long history of kind of winding your way around and ending up in, in publishing, too. And my situation is, is similar in a way in that uh, we actually started our business back in 1995 for the sole reason of being able to move away from the city because my husband and I, I was a tech writer, he was a programmer, and we thought, oh, gosh, we're doomed to commuting on the freeways to go spend eight hours in a cubicle. And, uh, and so, but we realized we went on this vacation to a little tiny town called Idlewild, and we were walking around in the rain, and we realized that there were all these big houses and no way to earn a living. And we thought, how on earth are these people doing this? And it was like one of those kind of, I mean, now people look at this and go, it wasn't very big of an epiphany because everybody's connected. But back, back then, there was like barely any Internet. This was 1994. And, but people had, you know, like 9,600 baud modems. And the light dawned, and we thought, gosh, maybe they're telecommuting down to Riverside or to L.A. or something. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of thought, well, we could do that. And then uh, we... The, you know, the next day we went down, got a business license, and started a company because we thought if we did what we do as freelancers, we can live wherever we want. It doesn't matter where we live. We have modems, and, and our clients were techie, which back then was kind of important because, um, you know, people just were not connected to the Internet. But we started our business in 1995, and then uh, two years later we were able to realize our dream of moving away from southern california and live we now live on in a log house on uh 40 acres of forest and uh and uh, we uh we, we called it moving to the trees and uh, so it, it it all worked you know we worked with our clients and whatever we've transitioned our business about a million times over the past 16 years or whatever it is but Eventually, because I had done a lot of editorial, I had worked for magazines and publishing companies and whatever, eventually it came around, um, we did a lot of online marketing stuff, my husband does programming, and book publishing, the technology caught up to the point where I could actually do it, because I always joke about how I bought Dan Pointer's self-publishing manual in 1996, I don't know which edition that was, probably, you know, the the third or something, and, uh, you know, now it's up to number 16. But uh, but I didn't publish anything until 2006 because the first thing I read in the self-publishing manual is, oh, you have to have $10,000 for your first print run. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, right. <laughs> so anyway, needless to say, that put a big damper on my publishing plans. And uh, so... So, obviously, I, I kept thinking about writing books, and I got involved in volunteering at animal shelters, and I started writing a lot of stuff online. I actually was blogging before there was blog software because we were involved in the Internet and whatever, and I was working with clients, and I was writing all these pet articles. So, uh, so anyway, at some point, I found out about print-on-demand. I basically learned about lightning source and and short-run digital printing because being a graphic artist, I was sort of exposed to what was going on in the printing industry, and it was starting to filter down into books. And it was like, wait a minute, now you don't have to have $10,000. You don't have to do a print run. So anyway, I started thinking about, well, I have all this content. I had At that point, I think I had about, I don't know, 750 articles 
on various topics. So, oh, what a great way to, to see yeah. the whole new and, operation. And I'm like, I always say I'm the queen of recycling. So it's yeah. like if I've written it, I'm going to figure out how to use it as many ways as possible. So, uh, so I decided that the other thing was that uh, we'd been, you know, running a service business for 10 years for with all the inherent issues that leads to. And during the dot-bomb recession, being involved in computers was not a happy place to be. And so in 2006, that was actually sort of the boom times, and, you know, real estate was doing stupid stuff, and I thought, this is idiocy. I mean, All right, so zero interest loans, so I thought, I want to have a passive income stream. Perfect. Susan, with that thought, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll come back and talk about the seeding of the interest, because I think this is a great idea of taking already established stuff, putting it together, and a book is us. We'll be right back. This is Judith Bryles, and you're listening to Your Guide to Book Publishing. This is Your Guide to Book Publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Is there a book in you or another? Author You will show you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being hoodwinked. If you already have a book out, you'll find a supportive and brainstorming community that's connected and creative no matter where you live. Author U brings in national experts for its book camps and annual author extravaganza held each May. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author U's extensive network, members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publish. The Resource, its online book publishing news magazine, is content-heavy and it's free. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, Author U is for you. If you're a hobbyist or a casual author, it's not. Join Author U today through its website at authoru.org. Follow Author U on Twitter at AuthorU and on Facebook at AuthorU, where timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted daily. Author U, where the author goes to become seriously successful. Change the way you publish online. WaveCloud is a new form for authors to manage all their books' information in one place from start to finish, including pricing and listing summary. To learn more or sign up for email updates, visit wavecloud.com. Every picture tells a story. And it's a truism that people do judge a book by its cover. Nick Selinger and NZ Graphics have been in the business of producing superior graphic cover design and interior layout for self-published authors, independent and traditional publishers for years. He has developed a reputation for excellent work, fast turnarounds, and best of all, affordable pricing. NZ Graphics also produces ebooks and book marketing materials such as posters, sell sheets, postcards, bookmarks, business cards, logos, and more. 
Books designed for his clients have won multiple book awards, including Best Book Award by U.S. Book News, multiple Evie Awards from the Colorado Independent Publishers Association, Indie Book Awards, the San Francisco Book Festival Award, and Freedom Medal Award from Valley Forge. Visit www.nzgraphics.com or call 303-985-4174 for more details about making your book the success it should be. Mention that you are an FOJ, friend of Judith's, and that you heard about NZ Graphics on your guide to book publishing. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask on the Rockstar Radio Network. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. We say that you you could be a fly on the wall with some of our conversations that I have with the guests, and sometimes our producer Wayne hops in too um, when we are off the air, and and then we come back, and and we are going to address one of the topics that we were talking about. But Susan was talking about, and my guest this this hour is Susan Daffron, who is the uh, publisher of Logical Expressions. Also, she is a lot of other things, and she runs a self-publishing uh, online conference that she just finished, uh, which would be for our listeners who are listening online, post the original broadcast. is the Susan, is that that you do it the first weekend in May? When do you do that? It's actually usually the second week of May, so this, this year it was the 8th, 9th, and 10th. Great. So they follow the extravaganza. So here's what you all can do, listeners, is that you can attend in Denver here in person and schmooze with us the first weekend in May, which is Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then you can take it all home and sign up and just sit in front of your computer and do the rest the following weekend. How's that sound, Susan? There you go. Sounds like to you. <laughs> All right, so we were talking about um, how you transitioned and discovered Lightning Source. Yeah, I was saying that I had all these articles on related topics because we were we were pretty involved in web development and, uh, we, like I said, we were actually blogging before there was blog software. So my husband actually wrote a content management system, which is what we used to call blog software before the word blog came up. So we had all these articles, and I had published a magazine, and so there was an archive of articles there. But I had all these articles on niche topics and that's obviously the first step to figuring out you know a book has to be on a specific topic and some of my earliest books one one site that was popular was vegan recipes because my husband and I are vegan so our first book was actually a vegan cookbook I compiled the recipes and uh, put them together and laid it all out because I'm a graphic artist so I had already had I mean, this is this is probably different than a lot of your guests. I, I'm like, I published on the absolute cheapest way you can publish because I could do a lot of it myself. I 
I am extremely emphatic about the fact that you do have to hire an editor because no one can edit his or her own work. Oh, that's, amen to that. (laughs) But, so there's always going to be editorial costs for me, but because I have a graphic design background, a web design background, and all this years of working in publishing, I was able to do a lot of the work myself. And I found out about Lightning Source, which meant that I didn't have to have a huge print run. So that means that even though my unit cost of my books is higher, I was able to not have any inventory, so I didn't have any storage costs, I didn't have any inventory costs, and I could figure out my marketing because I was kind of a noob and I didn't know how to market books. So I could figure out my marketing and and see if the book could get traction by going with print-on-demand. And if, you know, some miracle happens and I get a huge order, all I would have to do is, switch to offset and you know if if i get the marketing going on on traction on a book realistically that hasn't happened my books have created a nice passive income stream have i made millions of dollars no but i did get my goal was to create a passive income stream which helped our little tiny company here in the middle of the forest in the middle of nowhere with limited internet connectivity and other um Rural area challenges. I mean, how many publishing companies do you know that have their own backup generator? Because we lose power all the time. Oh yeah, <laughs> it, it, it does happen. And I actually know where Idlewild is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, we actually, you know, Idlewild is a bustling metropolis compared to where we live. We actually live um, north of Sandpoint, Idaho, which is a town of seven thousand people, and people mm. in Sandpoint think we live in the middle of nowhere. So. Um, which tells you how far out in the middle of nowhere we really are. We're mm-hmm. 17 miles north and off of a private dirt road, which is off of three and a half miles of dirt road. My husband owns a tractor to plow the road. So anyway, we have strange business expenses. <laughs> well, that, but, you know, those are trade-offs that you look at, and you, exactly. know, you decide and where you want to be, where world. your muse is, how do you operate. But what you shared with me is that you had these 750 articles plus, plus now, and you have your magazine, and you came out with your vegan cookbook. How did it do? It actually did well, and I did all the, because we're in the middle of nowhere, I'm not going to be going to bookstore signings. I'm not going to be going to trade shows. We're ages from an airport. I don't like to travel very much, and in the winter it's actually not very practical because we get so much snow, and it's hard to get out of the driveway. Um, but... I, did, I focused exclusively on online marketing techniques. So I did blog tours and I did, you know, radio interviews and I did all the things that you can do from your house. And so it actually, it's, at this point, it's kind of long in the tooth and it's not very, it's selling, not selling very well. But for, I don't know, we published it in 2006. I mean, for a solid four, four or five years, it actually, you know, it was making us a monthly income. And, really, really hands-off, too, because the nice thing about Lightning Source is that things sell through Amazon, and um, at the end of the month, Lightning Source just puts money in your bank account. I call it magic money. It's so easy. And um, we did the whole thing where you set a short discount. So we only have to pay a 20% discount on our books. So on a $20 book, my unit cost for vegan success is... I don't know. It costs. I think it costs less than two bucks a book. So, but I'm only paying a twenty 
20% discount. Um, the print, so minus the print cost, minus the discount. I was making like $10 a book. So I didn't really have to sell that many books to make sort of a tidy little income. And so Which would be significantly more of higher. More content into books. So then you have not just one book, but then you have eight books. And, mm-hmm. well, now I have 12. But, um, you know, it's, it starts to add up. And, then, and some of them actually now, I have, actually have books on topics that relate to each other now, which is another good marketing thing to do. Well, sure, you cross-pollute them and promote them and you do all those things. But let's, I want to go back to the numbers and crunch the numbers just a little bit. So what does your vegan book sell for, the retail? The retail is $19.99. All right, so I'm going to use $20. So you have $20. Your cost per book is $2. Is that what I heard you say? Yeah, it's about $2. Okay, two dollars per book, and then and explain the twenty percent discount that that LSI has. The standard book industry discount, as you know, is fifty five percent. But that's if you correct. Go, if you go through Lightning Source, you can get your book into online booksellers like Amazon, Barnes and Noble, whatever Books a Million, if that even exists anymore. But mm-hmm. largely, Amazon is what everyone cares about because that's where all your sales are. But you can get in there with a twenty percent discount, which means you're now making thirty five percent more per per copy um, than you would if you went through Amazon Advantage or any mm-hmm. other way to get into Amazon. Mm-hmm. So using the short discount, you know, doing the math, you subtract off the 20%. Um, From your $20, 20. that's $4. Yeah, so $4. So it cost me about 6 bucks. so that means on a 19, $19 book, I'm making 12 or $13. Okay, so yeah, you end up anywhere from 12 to 14, depending upon what the deal of the discount of the day is that comes across. And that's huge, huge, where typically if they had gone through the other door, which a lot of the egos, and it, and it is, I had the same, a discussion with another um, author this morning, that, that publishing with New York is often ego-based. Mm-hmm. And, yes. and I mean, that, that's my bottom line, and you have to really decide. And if for, for getting that ego stroke um, and an and imprint of a, a big enchilada on your spine is what it, it will pay you anywhere from, if it's, if it's your $20 book, let's just say, and since they only pay 10% net, on the net these days is that you're looking at anywhere from two to three dollars a book max you're going to make on your book sales and the tragedy that most don't realize is that the sales out of New York for the average author we're not talking about the mega mega bestsellers but it, it is far less than a thousand books on on a run at this point and yeah. so you're looking at all this freaking work that you've done and you're going to get $2,000. Come on. And so authors who are listening in or, uh, or are, are eagle-at authors is that it's really important for you to realize that there is a dollars and cents to this business and you really need to understand it from the very get-go, which both Susan and I have learned because we were involved from the get-go. Well, and the other thing that's a real, I mean, a huge advantage to self-publishing is that you decide when the book goes out of print. For example, Vegan Success, like I said, it's kind of long in the tooth and I haven't gotten around to updating it, but I could I could release a second ed- edition. It's a, it's an you evergreen should. topic. There's still people who eat vegan food. The book is oh, so hot. good. It, you know, it's hot. It, 
put a yeah. new cover on it, update mm-hmm. it a little bit, and re-release it. And, you know, it has been selling for years. So, yep. over time. Oh, well, here, we're going to come back to that and the strategies involved and what's going on and now how to put it together for yourself. I'm Judith Browse. My guest is Susan Daffron, and we're talking books. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Since 1987, Colorhouse Graphics has set the standard for quality book production. Whether you decide to print a small quantity of books or need a large print run, depend on Colorhouse to help you. You'll receive professional help and advice the moment you reach one of our representatives. If you mention hearing about us on your guide to book publishing with Judith Bryles, we will provide you a discount on the first order you place. To speak with a project manager, call us toll-free at 800-454-1916 or visit us at www.colorhousegraphics.com. Do you need postcards that make a statement? How about business cards, flyers, brochures, or NCR forms? TuVets is the solution for all your printing needs. Providing services specially designed for authors, we deliver exceptional quality colored printing. Most important of all, we specialize in reducing your printing costs. No more waiting. No more standing in lines at your local printer. Online proofing. With our pricing tools calculator, you can get instant quotes on all your printing products, as well as shipping rates all over the United States. Just a few clicks of the mouse and you're on the way to discovering how easy and convenient online color printing should be. Contact our friendly, human, account representatives. We recognize that you want answers, not voice prompts. Visit our website at www.tu-vets.com or call one 800 When Ned Thompson and Harry Shore started Thompson Shore in 1972, they believed employees with great character would make up the best company. They were right. They hired people who were not only experts in bookmaking, but who were obsessed with quality and delivering exceptional customer service. Almost 40 years later, Thompson Shore remains a 100% employee-owned company. Ned and Harry knew that successful customer projects are a direct result of empowered employees. We specialize in all books for large and small publishers. Creating beautiful and well-made books, we're dedicated to pleasing our customers by making the experience a good one from start to finish. The personal touch we have with our customers allows us to be innovative in solving their most difficult challenges. Our platform also ensures that we can remain flexible to meet our customers' unique needs and expectations. Our marketing kit can create buzz for your title, enhancing the promotion of your book during infancy. When you need to test the market to gauge your future sales, we can provide digitally printed books that will transition seamlessly into a larger offset run. From ebook to hard copy to delivery, our skillful customer service teams are at the ready to answer your most pressing questions. 
At Thompson Shore, we know that making the highest quality books requires more than just best technologies. It requires superior customer service, professionalism to the trade, and commitment to environmental and social values. With these standards of excellence in place, you can be sure that we will always help you put your best book forward. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask on the Rockstar Radio Network. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, before we get back to Susan Daffron, we're going to, and, and she's going to reveal how she identifies and creates in what she calls evergreen projects and her long tail approach. They're, they're her kind of seven steps she goes through in the publishing process. We always like to bring on one of our sponsors when we can, and we have the amazing Phil Knight with Color House Graphics. It's one of my favorite printers. Hi, Phil. How are you? Hello, Judith. Nice to be with you. How are you? Great. I'm I'm fabulous. So tell us what's what's hot in Printerland, and what kind of tip are we going to have today? Well, it is uh, you know we're we're moving right along. We we continue to see people more interested in shorter print runs, and uh, we're we're looking for uh, uh, a lot more self publishers to come on board in the in the months ahead. And um, one of the things we published in our newsletter is is a couple of suggestions on uh, how folks could collapse some of the lead times. You know how it goes. Uh, normally, uh, the printer is kind of the last one in the chain. Yeah, well, that's very true. Little, <laughs> very little time is left oftentimes to meet that deadline. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have some suggestions that uh, we shared. Uh, one, of course, is, is always provide as best you can a print-ready file. And uh, that goes for the cover and the text. There's a world of help out there. Just about anybody that uh, is in the book manufacturing business is more than happy to share information on how to prepare good files, uh, what the restrictions are, what the preferences are. So supply a good file. Um, oftentimes we find that deadlines, um, you know, require really an instant response. So we'll oftentimes suggest a modest or very short print run to meet a specific short-term need. Let's say you have a speaking engagement that uh, is scheduled within a few days and you just can't wait for that uh, that large print run to come through. Um, and so we'll suggest a 50, 100 copy printing, whatever might be needed to meet that demand and turn that around in a couple of days. Um, so you can do one. what you're. So you're talking about doing a very quick short run. You've got all the files. The PDFs are there. You've uploaded and you've got the cover copy. You can whip that out in a short run. What would be the difference in the cost factor? Well, uh, you know, a lot of times it it isn't that much. It might be a couple dollars a book more, but you don't lose those that opportunity uh, that that comes along. That maybe you can sell some extra books at the event, or you have a book signing. And it's scheduled. You don't want to reschedule it. So, you you know, you, you might pay a little more, but in the long run, you're going to at least get the exposure for the books and not lose a sale. Absolutely. Okay, one more tip, and then we'll sign off here. 
Well, the other thing I might suggest is um, talk to the printer uh, beforehand and talk about the strategies for that deadline. What what kind of shipping instructions might you need to consider? Uh, is uh, expedited freight needed? Is there anything that uh, we might be able to prepare for that we could carve some time out of the production time? Mm -hmm. uh, so we're, we'd like to be consulted beforehand and. If we know beforehand, we can oftentimes reserve time in our production schedule. And Perfect. I know a lot of other folks in our industry do the same thing. But uh, when we approach the summertime and we have uh, we start becoming a little bit busier than we are in the latter part of the year, we like to reserve production hours. And that way, your spot is is saved. And uh, when that project comes through. The time is there, and we don't have to uh, part the water, if you pardon the expression, to get things mm -hmm. to happen. Mm -hmm. Excellent. All right, Phil Knight, thank you for good tips. Well, it's my pleasure, and thanks for having me on, Judith. You're welcome. All right, Phil Knight, who is one of the key players at Color House Graphics, located in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and uh, for Author You members and listeners, they give a special discount for that first time printing. So contact Phil Knight. It's P Knight, K N I G H T, at colorhousegraphics.com. All right, Susan, we're back to you. And we, I, I, I kind of teased with, let's tell them what a long tail, your, your long tail approach is and get into the whole concept of what, what do you mean by evergreen publishing? I mean that over time I have, I have published, basically I, like every publisher, you kind of do a lot of things wrong first. So <laughs> my, Welcome uh, to the my, club. <laughs> let's face yeah. it. Um, th this is this is how you learn about marketing. You make a lot of mistakes, and then you discover what works and what doesn't. And even though everyone can tell you, you know, you have to uh, study your market and whatever, I I wrote about things where I already had content which I had written because because I was simply interested in it. And as a creative person, I am interested in an awful lot of different things. So, like I said, I had multiple different websites. I had a vegan cooking site. I had a pet care site. I had uh, computing tips site, and I had a ton of articles on web business and e-commerce. So my first books were Vegan Success, Happy, Happy Hound, Happy Tabby, Web Business Success, and then four books of computer tips. And the computer tips, when I published them, I knew they were not going to be evergreen. I viewed, viewed them as basically the long tail of I'm going to recycle this one more time and make money off of it because I had actually been making money through advertising income on my websites from those articles for a long time, and they're now really at the end of their, their life. Um, but the other books, um, Happy Hound and Happy Tabby, are basically about caring for animals that are adopted from animal shelters. Now, people are still doing that. People will still be doing that long into the future. And my plan is to actually republish those with updated information, new things that I've learned over time, um, and uh, change the subtitle because the subtitle I don't like. Uh, Vegan Success, like I said, is a cookbook. I mean, people are going to eat probably until the end of time. So, And there's going to be people who aren't going to eat meat or animal products, so that's my audience. Mm -hmm. um, so when I talk about evergreen publishing, 
what I have learned, my later books, my more recent books that are doing better um, and are also evergreen books, are targeted towards people who are working in uh, humane and animal rescue groups. So it's actually the people, the people who are saving the animals. So originally my, my books were for people who are adopting the animals, but now I also have books for people who are actually working in rescue. And that's actually turns out to be a very narrow niche with very little competition because over time I finally got smart and I figured out a good market where I could write books that could be helpful that didn't have very much competition. So, for example, even one of my books is Funds to the Rescue, 101 Fundraising Ideas for Humane and Animal Rescue Groups. Do you do, and I always advise people do this, do market research on Amazon. It's the easiest way to do market research. You go and you look and see, you do a search on um, fundraising. If you do a search on fundraising, you find that there's, you know, 7,000 books on fundraising. If you do a search on fundraising ideas, you discover that there's several hundred. If you do a search on fundraising ideas for humane and humane groups, there is one other book other than mine that I'm competing with. It's from the Humane Society of the United States. And, uh, and actually, I'm probably going to meet the author next week, oddly enough. Um, only so there's only one other book. Your your competing other factor book. So that is someone, amazing. Yeah, if you go to Amazon and you do a search for fundraising humane, you're going to find my book. And this is how this is where book marketing is going. Is that you're dealing with the long tail now, where the more niched and the more specialized your book is, the better it is for online marketing, which is how books are being marketed now. So if you can get really strategic and do your market research up front, figure out a market where you have information that people would really love to have and write it. And in my case, I actually had a lot of the information that I could repurpose, like I said. So it's like that made it really easy for me to get started on a lot of this stuff. But my follow-on book to Funds to the Rescue was, is, is called Publicity to the Rescue, and it's how to get more attention for your animal shelter, humane society, or rescue group. And that, um, that, too, is targeted at that very narrow market. I mean, there are a million books on publicity, but there aren't that many that, in fact, I don't think there are any that specifically target humane groups who need publicity to, to raise more money. Mm -hmm. And I made it even more special by putting in case studies from, from, from 19 publicity success stories from humane groups so that really is niching it down, and people love it. And, of course, all the people who are featured in the book think it's really cool, too. So there's a built-in marketing mechanism right there. Oh, it's huge. It's huge. And I, I think that I've often said, um, it, when it's one of my stock responses, I say, is, is the, literally the more you niche yourself, the bigger your market is. The more you drill down and you really do it, just like your example, you only have one competing area, um, you will just have huge home runs. So when we when we call that when we come back, we have one more quick break here. What I'd love to do, Susan, is kind of drilled in. How do you go about since you're a nerdy, you've got some nerdy tips. How do you go down and identify some of those niches so you can come out of the gate and really be strong? This is your guide to book publishing. I'm Judith Browse. My guest is Susan Baffrin. We'll be right back. 
This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Writing and reading are moving to the cloud. WaveCloud represents a whole new community for writers and readers to connect, communicate, evaluate, and share. Writers hone their craft and build their business. Readers build their favorites. Sign up for updates at wavecloud.com. shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing, and so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and a guide to partner with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so, or you can create a book that looks and feels classy, builds your brand, and is a financial success, a bestseller. It's your choice. You choose. You need the book shepherd. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You don't need problems, you want solutions. Dr. Judith Browse will shepherd you through the maze and the chaos. At times, she's had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher or by a publishing service provider or sometimes even the author themselves. Judith Browse is the book shepherd if you want to create a book with no regrets. Give her a call today, 303 303- 882207. That's 303-882207. Or email her at judith at briles.com. By the way, is spelled B-R-I-L-E-S. Follow Judith on Twitter at MyBookShepherd and on Facebook at TheBookShepherd. At Total Printing Systems, customer service is our priority. We are located in Southern Illinois. Our employees have an average of 18 years' experience and know that customer relationships are important to our continued success. We have been a short-run book printer for nearly 40 years and always stay at the forefront of technology. Our niche is from one to 5,000 copies. Today, we offer digital black and white and four-color high-speed inkjet printing, a cost-effective way to introduce color into your short-run titles. We, of course, offer traditional offset printing as well. Bindery is done in-house, from adhesive case binding to PUR perfect binding to mechanical binding of all types, including side sewing. We provide warehousing, kitting, distribution, inventory management, a new print-on-demand facility, streaming browser-based ebooks, and bookstore. Call us at 1-800-465-5200 for a quote on your next book project. You can also visit our website at www.tps1.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask on the Rockstar Radio Network. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. 
My guest this hour has been Susan uh, Daffron, who wears so many hats. She is such a skilled publisher. She is a skilled author. She has been so ahead of her, really her time, in seeing some trending. And one of the things that we were chatting about was what's coming down the evolution uh lane here and she was sharing a story about that a lot of books that were e-kindle books uh kindle kindle devices i guess we'd call them were given to children in african countries and what a great idea but what's the rest of the story susan well the story is that the the reason they did this in the first place is that it's very difficult to get books to africa very expensive and so this was actually a solution i mean you can put thousands of books on a kindle and that, it's a wonderful concept, but the problem is that Kindles are really fragile. So now I just read this in the news the other day. Actually, they're having a problem where all these Kindles are breaking. Their screens are cracking, and then, well, that's kind of the end of the Kindle. So uh, they're actually working with Amazon, I think, to, to try and make a heavier-duty version of the Kindle. But, I mean, uh, interestingly, on the comments on, on the article I read, there were all these stories about people who had sat on their Kindle, who had you know, stepped on their Kindle. And, of course, the Kindle does not do well with that kind of thing, whereas you can drop your book on the floor. You know, it can be a 20-year-old book, and it's not going to break. <laughs> well, and, and or you can fry a Kindle, too. I just try oh, to put yeah. it in the back of a car and drive it around with the sun coming in. Yikes. Bye-bye. So, so, see, I'm one of these believers, someone who loves books, books. Um, and, I, and I've got a Nook. I don't have a Kindle. But that I, I don't think books are going away. What I do think is you have different variables on that. And I think that what people don't realize that once you buy a Kindle, doesn't mean you're going to have a Kindle forever. There's going to be replacement parts mm-hmm. and gadgets and things that are going to be required if you're going to continue with it. Is that true? Is that how you feel? Oh, I, I totally agree, because what happens when they come out with the next generation Kindle, which you get into the same cycle that we have had with computers for years, where you can't run old software. I mean, can you still run WordPerfect 4.2 on your machine? I mean, that's some of the first word processing software <laughs> I used, and I can't, I mean, it can't even, the floppy disk won't work. I mean, really, you know, the giant five and a quarter inch floppy disk that I had my WordPerfect uh, 4.2 on, it, where are you going to find a computer that will even uh, work with it? So, I mean, all these issues that have we have dealt with in computer technology are now kind of moving down the food chain because these readers are little computers. So now you end up with revision control issues. You end up with hardware issues. You end up with software buggy issues. I mean... There's, we're already dealing with that uh, with, like, iPad apps, some of the really complicated iPad apps that people are coming out with. The other thing you have is the cost to develop some of these cool, like, children's book apps are really big on the iPad. You have to pay a developer a hefty sum of money. You thought getting a book laid out, you know, by a layout person was mm-hmm. expensive. It's nothing compared to software development, and that's really where you're, the realm that you're entering into, converting a, you know, a simple uh, text-oriented, like a fiction book or a simple non-fiction book, is fairly straightforward to get it into Kindle format, e-format, you know, EPUB, some of the bigger formats. It's not that big of a deal. But if you want to do anything beyond that, you're going to start getting into some real money to pay for really nerdy people who understand how to create what you want. 
so that which is, which is huge. Yeah, in order and and that's going to be what you're going to have to do to remain competitive in some markets. Like I think children's books is one where that's going to become a real issue. Yeah, and that's really it. Uh, you've got to have some very sophisticated stuff for the kids' books, otherwise, it's not going to work. And it, there's just there there are different variables in there. You know, Susan, you had mentioned because you have that background. You 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 mentioned early on that you, your graphics designing and everything else. And it's we really have to look at what those overall cost costs are. So you've been able to eat that because that's what you do. But yeah. let's let's talk about budgets real quick for our for some of our eaglets and people who are just starting. When if you were to sit and advise a author to do some budgeting before they get, whether they decide to do print on demand or they do a traditional run, which the color house graphics. Um, would handle, or, or many of our other sponsors who are on the show, that what would you be budgeting for cover, for layout, et cetera? Well, it really, you know, this is another thing where it really depends. It depends on your book, how elaborate it's going to be, and uh, whether it's color, whether it's black and white. But, I mean, realistically, you can expect to pay a graphic designer. They either charge by the hour or by the page. Um, interior layout prices range from 40 to $40 an hour on up, um, unless you're, like, offshoring it to India. And I've actually talked to some people who had some really bad experiences with that. Mm-hmm. Um, or you're, you're talking about a page rate, which would be, you know, between 3 and $10 a page. So how long your book is a big variable there. I mean, if you have and, – and also, like I said, how complicated it is because mm-hmm. people underestimate what it takes – in software like InDesign to deal with graphics, footnotes, um, some really cool graphic treatments. And if you're doing a four-color, high-end photography book with beautiful, beautiful graphic design, I mean, you really have to, you want to pay for someone really good because that's that type of book, the visual the visual is a big part of what it's all about. Mm, so It's almost everything in that kind it's of a really, book. So. Yeah, so you really have to understand that you have to make an investment in someone who's really good for that. Um, you know, laying out a straight text fiction book is going to cost you a lot, lot less. You're just, you know, you're flowing in the text and, and Zoom there and, you know, doing some tweaking and making a PDF and whatever. It's simple. Uh, you know, but st- it's still with a straight, pretty much textbook. Um, I know with our authors, we use a lot of call-outs and things, so there'll be more visual attraction, so it just won't look like a bunch of words. Exactly, um, and I think that everyone should do that in a nonfiction book. I was talking about, you know, like a novel. Ditto here. Ditto, ditto, ditto. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, and particularly for nonfiction, and you you really want to have, you have, you want to have nice... Uh, chapter opener treatments you want to have and the other thing is is that that i always stress is that graphic designers vary in their skills in that not every graphic designer knows how to lay out a book because long document design uses different functions of software like indesign which if all you ever lay out is brochures those other features the that relate to publishing books and long documents. I mean, that's a whole new learning curve. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people will say, oh, you know, my brother's sister's cousin's nephew is a 
<laughs> took a graphic design course at the community college, and probably what he did was he learned how to lay out a brochure, and I have had to fix some of the most grotesque InDesign problems from people who had obviously never laid out long, anything longer than a brochure. And the other impact this has is that if someone doesn't know what they're doing in InDesign and isn't using some of the features like styles, um, then when you go to export that text and get it out of InDesign and put it into e-formats, you get into a whole nother mess. Um, oh, oh, they can be just awful. And oh, people yeah. don't realize it. Or the other thing is that we, I had a conversation with uh, one of our clients today that the e-person had sent them the, the layout and they kept trying to open it and she was panicking and she, what she never, she didn't download the e-reader, the free oh, e-reader <laughs> to look at it in that format. So of course it looked god awful. Yeah. But you, you have to, you know, do the steps with it. But what you're talking about is so critical to understand that if you're going to have art in it, and art could be a photo, it could be a table, it could be fill in the blank, is that, that once you start moving that stuff around, that person, your, your designer, is, has to, whether it's just one chapter, that, that the whole chapter gets to be redesigned, especially mm-hmm. if you moved it from the back to the front. And my experience is authors don't get that. And what they don't understand is, well, why all of a sudden is this $500 more than what you originally projected? Well, and the other thing is, is that if you're adding any graphics, um, the graphic designer has to touch every single graphic. So you think, oh, I have all these cute little icons that I put next to every time, mm-hmm. you know, there's a... There's a call out or or a thing, mm-hmm. and it's like mm-hmm. you have to twiddle and tweak, and probably use a whole another program if you're dealing with photos. Then you're going to have yep. to go into Photoshop, get the resolution correct, the and everything ready. You know, if it's black and white, you want to convert it to grayscale. You want to do all these things to make sure that the photo is going to look as good as it can for the printer that you're planning to use, and that can depend. Like I treat photos differently that are going to be printed by lightning source because it's print on demand and effectively toner versus Mm -hmm. if I'm, uh, you know, uh, some of the freelance work I do, I lay out a four color magazine. What I'm doing with those photos is very different. It's a different It's huge. And, you know, all these things, you know, all these things take time. And I think people don't understand that. uh, And obviously, if you work with a designer who has a lot of experience, it takes that person less time than the cousins, nephews, whatever, who exactly who the class at the community college. So yeah. it, it can be actually more cost-effective in the long run to, to actually hire someone who's more expensive because it's not going to take them as long. Perfect. And with that, we're going to, we are at the close. We have 10 seconds. So how do people find you? Um, I am at either the bookconsultant.com or logicalexpressions.com. All right. This has been Judith Bryles, your guide to book publishing. My guest has been Susan Daffron. Highly, highly experienced. Please uh, contact her. Next week, we have Daniel Hall, who is going to be covering a variety of areas. We'll see you then. Thank you for being a part of your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles.